You're listening to the Fire in a Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and a cast. If you want to keep the show free and help us keep the lights on, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you have ideas for the show, we'd like to come on the show, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Fire in a hole, Richard. Fire in the hole, Jason. The fire today burns green. Super green. And it comes to us from uh, the two lush green mountains. Emerald green. The rolling hills. <laughs> Get with the green, brother. Get with the green. What are we talking about? We're talking about our guest today, uh, none other than uh, the Green Phantom. A.K.A. Joey Fitzmorris. Yes. Joseph Fitzmorris. The Green Phantom, a, uh, a hardcore wrestling legend, uh, a, a real staple of the indie scene. Yeah, Montreal celebrity, Yeah, I would say. Yeah, you've seen him on uh, on TV, you've seen him on parade floats on St. Patrick's Day. Heard him on the radio. Yeah, and just a, just a guy that, that you, you know, period, if you live in Montreal, but a guy a we also happen to know totally randomly, right? Yeah. So we talked about a range of things. We talked about his uh, wrestling career a little bit. A lot bit. about wrestling, yeah. Um, he discussed his uh, sort of dual life, right? Yeah, the origin story. Yeah. Growing up with wrestling in the in the 80s. And also being like a, a teacher, right? Yeah. So he's, he's a teacher-wrestler. He's a teacher-wrestler. He's a science teacher by day, wrestler by night. Yeah, and I know this all sounds like it's make-believe, but uh, it is in fact true the real deal he is the real deal yeah we had a lot of fun uh we discussed a bunch of things uh including a little bit of montreal indie wrestling history um but um it was just you know just like uh we scratched the surface as we usually do yeah no it was a great time uh great episode particularly if you're into wrestling this is the episode for you yeah if you've ever been fascinated by the the whole phenomenon uh, this is uh this is a good one for you so whatever you're doing make it green get with it <laughs> It's a green show. That's right. The theme is green. Go and, green. And uh, fire in the green hole today. Fire in the greenest of holes. Oh, the wearing of the green. Oh, the wearing of the green. Make sure to have a shamrock on your sleeve for the wearing of the green. Everyone's talking about the green, baby. But I tell you, these Irish eyes aren't smiling too big these days. See, the Phantom is a man living in frustration. First, the questions keep coming over and over. Why the Green Phantom, brother? And I tell you, baby, it ain't something I chose. It's not a why. It's destiny, baby. The Phantom chose this man. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole, Jason. How you doing, Richard? I'm doing great. How are you, man? Yeah, man. It's a beautiful day. It is. And it's episode 30-something. 39, I think. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So uh, we have a special guest today. We do. A very interesting situation that we have here. Very strange. So you and I, as we've established, have been friends for over a decade, possibly over. over 15. Yeah. 
years. But Bias time. Uh, I completely randomly know our guests, and I, when I say no, I'm, I'm acquainted with them through a whole other series of friends and, and places, uh, namely my uh, fascination with wrestling when I was uh, a younger man, and through some other uh, other acquaintances and friends. So, you know, without any further ado, uh, welcome Joseph, aka the Green Phantom. Thanks for having me on Fire in the Hole, brother. <laughs> there we go. Or, or thanks for having me on Fire in the Hole. Oh, okay. Well, welcome brother. to you both. Welcome to you both. Uh, you both say brother. We both say brother. Nice. Me and my crazy alter ego. <laughs> we both say brother. Yeah. So just, uh, it's really cool to have you here, man. Uh, uh, it's it's a bit surreal because uh, I feel like the majority of the time that I've known you or seen you, it's been with you in the ring, like, you know, uh, taking... Uh, tables to the head or throwing somebody through a plate glass or yeah you're a legit master wrestler yeah legit legit and 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 i'm glad to perpetuate this where the people listening can't see my face (laughs) yeah right this is kind of the podcast is a perfect uh perfect uh format for uh, the green phantom any wrestler really that wears a mask uh has an alter ego but uh yeah man it's really cool to have you here so uh and i know joey from being neighbors with him for 10 years for 10 years yeah Ten years, he he was the the guy who lived across the hall, right. best neighbor ever, I have to say. Well, I mean that was quite a place too, from what I recall. It was quite a situation that you guys were. It, in. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. You know, I st- pretty much started from what I remember. I started my wrestling career when I moved there. Oh yeah, pretty much. That's when it happened. I remember Later all of around, your... a little bit before, but not much before. I remember sometimes I'd be in the apartment and all I'd hear is like in the in the hallway and I'm like what is going oh, yeah, on promos yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they were doing they were doing promos they're filming promos yeah yeah it was this old building with really tall ceilings and long hallways like the acoustics were just insane it, it was a very old building a lot of marble from what I remember yeah. but like literally super high ceilings from another rest. time <laughs> yeah and super high tenants <laughs> and certainly no one had interfered or um, done anything to the building in a very long time it yeah. was that elevator I remember was fucking terrifying like did you even fit in there joey like did you uh i fit in there but legit tons of my friends got trapped in there and <laughs> yeah like, some have, have like are still scarred to this day from being trapped in that elevator it was, it was a death trap you'd have crazy. to warn people when they came over like, yeah like yeah. you're better off taking the stairs like yeah. the very first you lazy time I, bastard the Take very the first time i took it i was like this is almost the exact size of a coffin yeah, if this thing that. goes down, they just have to like drag the box to the graveyard and like, <laughs> not even have transfer you into a new receptacle. It's a go. coffin with like a with the grate that you pull across. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a classy coffin. <laughs> yeah, they actually upgraded. At first, it was it was a, a coffin with this uh, with this metal steel grate you you would pull across the across the door. And after that, they they upgraded it so you didn't have to actually pull the oh that this grate. It was. You know, this nice door that closed, yeah. sort of. Let's mm. assume it was upgraded and not somebody just ripped out the grating <laughs> and took it out and, like, sold it uh, at the scrapyard or something. Yeah, that was a great place, though. Like, everybody in our wing of the building, and they were all kind of young people. One one year, we did a party with all the doors open, everybody. Wow. Yeah. New Year's party, 2000... Something or other. Two. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. That good of a party. You don't remember <laughs> what year it was. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay, yeah, so everyone was on a level. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing you... Could you hear your neighbors? Was it, or was the building really? Because it seemed like it was a pretty. Uh, thick I mean, wall not really. Right. That's it. You know, it was, it was all right, and you know, I don't know. It was pretty. It was quiet, and I felt like I was the loud one in that building. <laughs> that's know. probably true. Probably mostly during the promo videos. 
but it's totally maybe fine. <laughs> hey guys everybody come look through the people there's some something interesting going on in the hallway right <laughs> oh that joey he's at it again <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh you said you started your wrestling career just about the time that you moved just in about there? the time maybe uh, a little bit before i moved in maybe a couple months or so okay i uh, hooked up with uh i went to see this uh wrestling show and uh basically i mean it's life is a whole bunch of destinies lined up right i was driving in the car and i heard uh, an ad uh for this crazy crazy wrestling show it ended up being mike patterson that was screaming about it and uh one of the one of the actors or wrestlers featured on the show was uh pcp crazy fucking manny oh yeah and the thing is from my from my youth i knew a guy named pcp manny pcp crazy manny and i'm like it, it, it has to be that guy who else has that name it's too random but, but at the same time there's no way it's this guy because he wasn't anywhere near what a wrestler should be or what not right so I, I went to see the, the show uh, it, it was actually a Halloween show as well and my girlfriend at the time uh, bought me a green wrestling mask uh, so that's just a whole other coincidence uh, so I, it was Halloween so I wore this green wrestling mask with a jumpsuit and uh, I saw the show and it was a a great show uh so much so that kind of like that maybe you're old enough to know the the the, the, the remington microblade I, I liked it so much that i bought the company type of thing that's okay yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so i i, I like this i like this show so much that i wanted to get involved because i knew in some way also i could do it better you know and uh so i it turns out it was pcp crazy man I had the guy i knew from my youth and uh he uh did he remember you he did of course and I'm, I'm unforgettable. And, uh, <laughs> You're then, also very, very tall. <laughs> yeah, I'm also very tall. And um, so he, uh, he got me, got, he like, got me in touch with a, a trainer. And uh, within, a, within a week, I was training. And within a month and a half or so, I was actually ha- had like my first match there at Wally's Pub. In, okay, uh, I was about to say, th- that's this, where it was. was. The Wally's it, it was Wally's my Pub. My first yeah. show ever was, uh, I went with friends into Wally's and it was still the gym mats. Yeah, that's how it was. And it had the, I think the, the ring was sort of makeshift made up of like the, the, the cement pillars. Yeah, that cement were pillars. We like tied cords to the, to the wall, to them and, and had <laughs> these fake ropes. Yeah. And for the, the first show that I went, it wasn't my mats, but after that, uh, they were all ma- my mats. Your, your, uh, your, it was your my mats, so I would actually drive them out there. Uh, I took them from the school I was teaching at at the time. And just brought them there. It, it, it was weird to bring them back Monday morning with like blood and thumbtack holes in them. <laughs> it was kind of weird. It was a weird experience. I, I, I'll never forget the time that I went. There was like, I, I, there was a VCR match. I remember somebody fighting with a VCR. Like that was the we- the we- the weapon of choice. Okay. And they're just bashing each other over the head with a fucking VCR. And the old school ones, right? They had steel in it still. Like yeah, it yeah they were heavy. They were heavy. Um, but anyway, I remember Patterson. Yeah, it was, it was a wild time. And like I, like I said, I loved it so much. I wanted to get involved and do it better. So I started getting trained. And Who within, trained you? Uh, TNT. Oh, yeah. Of Anthony, course. Anthony Tonin. Yeah, Angel Wings. I remember. Shout that. out to you. If you would ever listen to this, uh, but coincidentally, like I was saying about the green mask uh, at the time, because uh, people, you're going to ask me at some point, so much to get it out of here, uh, why the green phantom? Well, uh, it, I always say the green phantom chose me. I, I didn't really choose it. And one of those things is that my girlfriend at the time uh, bought me this this uh, green wrestling mask. She brought it back from uh, Calgary. At the time, I I was just getting back into wrestling. I didn't really like wrestling anymore. I liked it when I was a kid with like Hulk Hogan and stuff. But then I started getting back into it when like. Um, like the attitude the, era, uh, yeah, and like ECW and like uh, NWO, you know Hulk Hogan uh-huh. being bad and stuff. So I started watching it again. So I got this mask. Then I went to this show, 
And then later on, I, I was quite quite a rambunctious fan. Uh, I was front row, and, and people thought I, w- I was might might even get involved in the show. Like I was, you were I was, a plant, maybe. Yeah, because I was a plant, because I was big and what and green, a plant. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, so, anyways, uh, <laughs> I was terrible. I was terrible. So You're in the right I, place for yeah, that. Okay, the right place for that. So, um, so once uh, I went to the show, uh, people thought I might get involved. Later on, uh, the, the, the next night, they used to have this wrestling show on uh, twelve sixty a.m. or something. I forget what the hell it was, but they were talking about the show and um, talking about uh, a bunch of things in the show. And one of the things that they were mentioning was that guy in the green mask in the front row. What's his deal? What's his uh, thing c- coming up for the WWS? It was called at the time, and. Uh, so I, of course, uh, being a shit server, I call in and I say, uh, "Yeah, this guy's crazy." And they're like, "Who? who he, he, he's like going to kill kill everyone." It's like, and then they ask me, "Well, what's his name?" And I didn't I, at that point. I didn't even think anything, so I kind of vomited out uh, Green Phantom. Okay, just kind of you just bullshitted like just had, bullshitted, uh, and that was that was that. You know, this, was this mask uh, like a, a replica of a known wrestler's mask? Or uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it would have been a, a, a Mil Mascaris. Mil Mascaris, okay. Yeah, because so the, the, the barbed wire too. Did it have the barbed? No, wire no, no. None of that. I've, I've I've evolved from that a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, over time, I've probably had a good. Uh, shit 15 masks or something and each one changes slightly over time i think my girlfriend made one of your masks uh if i remember correctly we may have we may have either fixed or made one of your masks back it's in possible the, it's yeah. possible i think one of the one of the more canvassy ones i, I have think like I an image of it being in in, in her workshop yeah i'm something. pretty sure it was so but yeah the, the, the first one was uh it wasn't wasn't fit for wrestling it was like very cheaply made and you know, it was all uh, glittery and stuff. Which I mean, glittery is okay, but it's more like those like bedazzled. Yeah, things, like. stuff you wear at Mardi Gras. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, with within within months, I had to get a real mask, and ever since then, it's just been evolving over time. So yeah. TNT, if I remember, uh, a talented guy, but size wise, like he's 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 a tiny dude. Sure, you in, know, in but on, honestly, uh, every it feels like almost almost dudes I wrestle are. Tiny dudes, right? You're what six four, something like that. Six yeah. four, right? Okay, six five. Green Phantom is six five two <laughs> fifty five or something. Uh, Joe Fitzmorris is usually around six four, depending on the shoes. Uh, about two forty. <laughs> yeah, but they, they've never been seen at, in the same place at the same time. It's kind of an odd. Well, if, if you were, <laughs> I think they work together. If, if you were an old school fan of like IWS and WWS, they actually were in the same place at the same time. Oh man, a couple of times. Seem to recall <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was. It was tricks. You know? <laughs> so once you hit the ring and you started wrestling, like right away, did you? Was it what you expected? Were you like, "Holy shit, this is really painful," or "This is really uh, hard"? Not that it was painful. I've always been into physical sports, whether it be football or rugby or you know, horsing around. You've taken bumps before in some for- fashion, form or right? another. Yeah, you know. Um, so what what really i didn't know what to expect because honestly growing growing up it was weird like i, I wish i had known earlier that I, I could have been a pro wrestler i never thought of that i used to play football and i thought maybe of becoming like a a football player but then i, I quickly realized in my young teens i wasn't good enough right but i if i wish i had known then that i could have maybe done pro wrestling i, I would have probably jumped ship i just never thought it was a thing i could do you yeah. know which is weird um, and so I didn't know what to expect, and eventually I was just in the ring and, you know, learning baptism by fire, sometimes literally by fire, you know. Yeah. Um, and in the in the first few years, I really wasn't very good at all. Like, I, I could even say I'm not very good now. I just 
I have my moments, and I'm I'm a lot more polished. Than would, I used to be. You, did you get into the hardcore stuff right away, or did you yeah, incrementally get into pretty it? much right away? Because um, that was kind of the brand of the yeah, like you know, chairs and tables. I like breaking that shit, you know, on people, with people, on me, with me, you know, just it, it's it's kind of like a, a the the kids feeling, you know, when you 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 see a, a someone's sandcastle and you smash it to pieces. <laughs> Whenever I see a, a folding chair or a table, that's that's what I come. What's that's exactly what comes to mind. That's great. I just want to stomp the shit. Well, out by of that definition, thing. my younger son might become a pro wrestler because <laughs> that's exactly what he does. The moment he he waits for his brother to build something and he'll just kick it over and just be like have this huge satisfied look on his face. So maybe you have a hardcore wrestler in the in the family. Maybe. Uh, do you remember? You've been to see the uh, IWS shows. And yeah, stuff, right. Yeah, I've been to a bunch of them. Do you remember the uh, fans brings the weapons? That's uh, the one that stuck out. That's the, the one most, that sticks yeah. out. That's one that usually people remember. As that was mental. That's crazy. It was like a gore show. Like you'd go home with fiberglass in your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, and you were in the fifth row. And somehow you still you still caught some uh, some uh, some I, of the weapon. I'm, I'm still the jury's still out on what kind of health. Uh, benefits i i've gotten through uh going through you know mounds and mounds of neon glass oh, it was you know? ridiculous oh yeah seriously the ninjas how much have you inhaled yeah. uh, just like watching well the mask is actually a filter right? so. a little sort of? bit but yeah. you know i mean he still i have come through a mass match and i still have like pieces of glass in my nose and mouth and stuff, oh yeah so. doesn't yeah. filter that much I mean, construction guys wear <laughs> masks for a reason yeah, yeah, yeah equipment yeah, for, for sure. a reason uh, but uh, like baseball bats with but you barbed know, wire and yeah, all stuff. kinds of. But well, the brilliance of that is like every year it would just escalate because the fans would want to outdo each other, right? Yeah. So they, I, I just is, it, is that brilliance? I don't know. I think it's <laughs> real, well, not for you guys, but it made complete uh, like it was engagement. It's the kind of engagement that like YouTubers and things are like are looking for today and brands trying to get that loyalty. But you guys were like fostering that through. I felt like that was one of the biggest. Uh, buy-ins because fans felt like they were part, part of the of fucking it, yeah. show and they would just be like oh yeah well I'm gonna make a, I remember a, 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 a fucking neon pentagram yeah. made up of like something like 50 tubes uh, it was I just saw the guy standing in line with it and I'm like that's going in someone's face. Like. <laughs> yeah, the, the the first you know when I first started being exposed to this stuff, I, I thought it was pretty extreme, and now like <clears throat> people, especially in the states and Japan, maybe have taken it to a whole other level. It's like it's not even a um, a show anymore. Like oh, you, you like uh, it, there's, there's ways to do it where you don't get get messed up. Now people are doing things where like you're gonna get messed up no matter what. You okay. know, there's no more. It feels like there's no more tricks to it. Like, like the, the first few times in IWS, I saw like a, a light tube log cabin or something like that. That shit blew a my log mind. Cabin. Well, made of light tubes. You know what I'm saying? How, how it would be if you can picture that? You know. And I, I've been through a few of those. It's cool. But then when you start, you know, adding even more stuff like broken beer bottles and then a, a million uh, a million tubes and all in every which way you know it's like it becomes a saw movie <laughs> yeah, it point. really does you know and <laughs> even even, even though <laughs> it really does even though i i, I like to you know uh, take take risks and do uh, crazy stuff i don't necessarily want to get maimed although a lot of times there's there's that possibility but i like to uh, i like to uh, if, if if like executed properly uh, i don't you know, it just looks like I it do. It looks you know? devastating, yeah. And like just just last year, but almost a year ago, right now, uh, I went down to this um, thing in Indiana. It's called the uh, King of the Deathmatch uh, in Iowa. It's it's a it's a big DVD seller in, in this in the deathmatch scene. 
I feel like it's in the south. Yeah, it's the in the United south. States. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and the like I said, the stuff I got exposed to was even even worse than like 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 I, I, it, it sounds it sounds kind of silly. Like going going through glass is really no big deal. I I, I say that in in, in 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 all honesty. If I took a, a light tube and 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 like if you're wearing clothes and I broke it off your on your back, you'd be okay, you know. Um, but if you, let's say, took off your shirt and did that, it's, it's a different story. Now, if you took off your shirt and went through a thousand of them, that's a way different story, you know? And this is what I was exposed to down in the States. And, you know, these guys just didn't give a shit about each other's bodies. Uh, I, I, I got, I, just from that one show, I ended up getting a dislocated uh, pinky finger, which is not that big a deal. But I got two pretty pretty good cuts on me uh, just from dudes that just didn't give a fuck. You know, they okay. they they were so full of scars that it they, doesn't matter. You know, they don't. They don't care. Well, wrestlers talk so much about the the absolute um, level of trust that you need to develop between performers just in standard like mayonnaise 80s wrestling mm. and how the reckless guys immediately were known and had a reputation or whatever. I can't imagine the level of trust that you have to have to repeatedly do this stuff with someone, right? Like when you have, um, like, let's say feuds, I'm yeah. guessing, right? So, like, what does that conversation look like when you're when you're planning a match like that? Well, a, a feud is good because you get to know someone, you get to learn w what you can trust them with or something. The problem with a lot of indie shows is where I'll go wrestle here and go wrestle there is that sometimes I don't know who who it's gonna be and it's a one -off, yeah. whether it's uh, someone I don't necessarily trust. I gotta kind of feel that out as it's happening and sometimes change the script, you know, especially if, if I'm there to do a job. You know, uh, like uh, they're gonna pay me to do this. The, the boss says, "Okay, you gotta do this and do this. I gotta do that." You know, um, of like no danger to myself, but it, it reminds me, it, it, it happened on that same show. The boss who was paying me, this guy Ian Rotten, he told me that I had to use a weed whacker on a guy. So a real legit weed whacker, right? Gas powered <laughs> and everything. <clears throat> and for me, I'm, I'm of the I'm of the philosophy that, <clears throat> excuse me, if like. Uh, if it's a move that I don't want to take personally, I don't want to give it to you. I'm more of a, it's like a give and take thing. So a weed whacker is something that I don't want to take because I think it's absolutely it's ridiculous. Mental. <laughs> it's mental. And sure, you know, if some people want to use it in their match, sure, that's extreme. Do it. Do it. But I don't want to be involved in that because I don't want to take that. Anyway, so the guy's like, you have to. And the, the guy who was taking, he's like, yeah, please, I want it. So I'm like, fine. But make sure this this thing's running. I don't want to fiddle with it or whatever. It's so fine. It ends up in the match. I did it. And as I as I, I brought brought it to his skin, it was simultaneously the most one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And then at the same time, shit, I'm doing it. You know, like, <laughs> Someone and, asked me to do this. Yeah, too, and it, you know, see, you, it well, really it, is. I, 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 I like, yeah, it really is. Did it get a pop? Like, it got a big pop. People lost it. it yeah. People lost it. You know, but I think especially in that market. It's been done a few times already, so like it didn't have near for the, the amount of scarring it did to that guy. It I don't think it was nearly uh, worth it, you know. Jeez, as much as it was, and you know I did that to him, and and you know it was worth. He kicked out of it right after too. He's like he's dead now. He, he kicked out. So. <laughs> yes, I kicked out after the weed whacker. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nonsense. And, and then he ended up dropping me awkwardly through this mess of glass, and I you know got this couple of big cuts and. Whatever. But you've never been like heavily injured, from what I understand. Like you've or well, never taken anything really heavy. I would. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. My neck hurts. Um, my uh, <laughs> my, I have two screws in my elbow. I broke it in a match. I've crushed my left testicle. I've have numerous scars on my body. You know, a few concussions, dislocated shoulder. You know, 
just the standard standard, standard stuff you know <laughs> i've seen you give as good as you got too <laughs> sure you know <laughs> i still remember uh i think you were fighting pcp and i i don't i think it was you 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 nailed him with a chair and i think he lost some teeth he lost some teeth yeah, i do remember that uh, well, there's two things that for for a while he, he he gave me heat but all wrestlers knew that it wasn't my fault one at the you had to see his mouth at the time his his teeth were like black and gray right now he has great teeth actually he kind of did him he, a favor he, he like got, yeah uh, and two uh the, the spot was okay when you when you uh when you look at me hold be standing up so he's sta- he's supposed to stand up turn around and i nail him in the head but he 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 looks at me while he's uh kind of kneeling on the ground kind of looking up so his his face is tilted weirdly so i'm coming down with the chair anyways because you you because the cue really above anything is once we make eye contact because i can't just you can't see me swing a chair to and we're talking kayfabe here things right. secrets of wrestling whatever you know when you see it coming you to make the show at least look somewhat real, you know, it has to be real in some ways. And when you when you see something coming, well, now you saw it coming, so it has to come. Right. You know, so he he looked too early, and I had to swing it, and that was one of the results. You know, it's I mean, you gotta you gotta do it by like instinct at some point, right? Yeah, you, you don't have time to like, okay, well, let's do this now. Yeah, it, it it has to look believable, and I think that's how uh, I've gained a lot of fans over the years. Is that uh, Green Phantom is just pretty intense. And uh, he definitely, even though he's a wrestler with a green mask and whatever, the Phantom, um, people suspend their belief and they're like, oh my God, that guy's really angry or oh my God, he's really going to kill him or he really b- broke a chair on his head. And actually, usually I do break people chairs on people's heads, <laughs> but uh, usually, and this, again, this sounds might sound a little weird to your audience, but I, I can break a chair on someone's head and they're okay. I mean, it doesn't feel amazing, and there it's not like uh, I'm I'm eating a lollipop. But they're but not concussed. It, it, they're not concussed, and they knew it was coming. You know, because th- there is there is physics behind it. I mean, in in just in fighting, you can headbutt something and not get hurt, right? So it's the same principle. If you have a plastic chair, especially uh, if if you play it properly and leave your head open so you can get that sweet spot which is everyone has a kind of a a little sweet spot like between their forehead and their hairline they have a little bump there and if, and if you hit that right on uh that's the best place like the samoan zone kind of yeah it's really a samoan zone and you can and you can do a lot of damage in this case the chairs and not get a lot of damage so there's there's risks with hitting people with chairs but if, if done properly it, there's a there's a lot of cool that can come about it and it's a really violent and extreme form of entertainment granted but it can also look even more intense because it can look real as well it's like stunt hell. work at that point it is really, stunt really work, good you know, stunt work. and when yeah. even if his name's green phantom he's wearing a green mask when you see him angry and break a chair on someone's head you're gonna go whoa yeah regardless well you know? now i know why why richard uh, was so flattering uh, of you as a neighbor because you know I, if i knew that a guy next door to me did that on the weekends <laughs> i'd make sure to be friends with him as well <laughs> and keep it on my good side but i think i think probably one of the things that worked really to your advantage for the character um was the fact that we couldn't see your eyes and that made you like i think that that sold the character and made you a little bit more terrifying i find like when you see someone's eyes it humanizes them right yeah um, is that old joke about uh, was John Mulaney if uh, we can hit Bernie's and how oh. horrif- horrifying it would be if, if he had no sunglasses on yeah <laughs> you could see his eyes rolled in the back of his head it would have been way darker <laughs> yeah but the, the Phantom as a character works because he doesn't look like a person like he looks like he's a he's kind of a, a it, it definitely helps me it helps me more than you know like uh, 
recently i'm sure we'll get into it later but you 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 uh, saw me do the stand-up comedy last week yeah and uh, that totally helps because when my face is not just my eyes my face completely covered when i'm uh not necessarily in character i'm still in character you know when i'm having second thoughts or uh you know trying to think of something or forgetting something you don't see that you know right. you still see the mask and you still see my you know pumped up oil like, up arms like the or rock whatever, used to do know? with his uh, sunglasses right like you, you could tell sometimes he wasn't exactly sure what the answer yeah. should be and then he just popped the eyebrow and he'd yeah. stare a little longer with his mirrored glasses and it protected him in a way yeah. and kept him in the in so it, it protects you and uh, you know the, the mask has, has has protected me in, in a lot of ways you know from being not just from being joe fitzmorris or joe fitzmorris but you know hiding you know i'm, I'm a man with a mask for, for reasons you know yeah you, do you sort of a kind of understand why some guys do it now in Mexico and uh, like why why they're like does this maybe give you a taste of the the Luca Libre or uh, sort of yeah but I, I think with them it's it was more it's more a cultural thing for me I'm not sure why I, I did it well I one I had the mask that was that was the that was the thing right there you know if my if my girl at the time didn't give me that mask I don't know if I'd ever have a mask on okay. or what you know I don't know what it would have been you know. <laughs> Sunglasses, <laughs> yeah. Because for one, for about a year in my life, I wrestled without a mask for this one company, and I, I of course, I had to have the sunglasses. I played kind of a cool asshole kind of guy, and uh, it was it was different wrestling in in that sense because your your face was always on. And uh, was it weird? It was it was weird and good. And every time I and it, it's in a way depressing too because every time I've met uh, a former superstar. You know, or or superstar, whether it be Jake Roberts last week, or like a Kevin Nash, or a, you know wh whoever the fuck else, you know Roddy Piper, or whatever. Uh, they when they or Mick Foley or whatever. Wh whenever they found out that I wore a mask, they're like, "Why do you wear a mask? Why the fuck you're you're a good looking dude. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, you don't look like uh, you don't look like, like the you know? warlord or whatever." And I, I, I was having this conversation with Ultimo Dragon. He's another kind of masked legend. And uh, and I, he's, 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 he like said the same thing. And I said, well, you're a good-looking dude, too. You don't know this, but he's a good-looking dude, you know? And uh, he's like, yeah, but Asians don't look tough. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 I feel like a promoter told him that like, <laughs> 15 years ago, and he's like, he took it in that serious Japanese way. Or Wait, he's, uh, he's not Japanese, is he? Is he Japanese? Yeah, he's Japanese. He's Japanese, yeah. okay. So... Uh, you obviously you said you didn't think about becoming a wrestler at the time that you played football when did you start taking it seriously uh i don't know if i ever have dude i mean because you made some overtures like you, you traveled and you yeah i've traveled and stuff but like unlike you know I, I've, I've really got into it and for a while i was pretty serious about it you know like i got a trial with wwe they flew me down to kentucky for a couple weeks and stuff like that and you know um who'd you wrestle uh, out there was just a whole bunch of people. It was all kinds of. Uh, it was during what they call the steroid era. Uh -huh. So, like, um, I actually sh I shared a room with this guy Chris Masters. Oh, I remember him, the masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was at, at the time uh, short-lived career. It was a short-lived career, and because and it ended up being because the, the steroid era was coming to an end. Where at the time WWF or WWE was all about uh, pretty much bodybuilders and, and tights, you know. And um, and Masters was like 
Jesus he Christ. He was he was that. You know, a freak. He was huge uh, freak. So he, he like got in because of that. But then in the end, his career was short lived because the wellness policy came in, and then he he didn't pass it. He so couldn't he, do it. He yeah. couldn't do it anymore. You know. And so at the time, it sucked. Like uh, Jim Cornette, he told me when I was down there, he's like, "Dude, you have uh, you have great charisma. Uh, you you could totally be a manager." Uh, and then he's like, "But you don't have fake breasts." Okay. Because so at, at the time, at first it was too, it was a few layered thing. One, I wasn't big enough. You know, I, I uh, he 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 ended up saying after that I needed to gain some unnatural muscle mass. Mm. You know, and also at the time, if if I was going to be a personality, uh, at the time it was all just these big breasted uh, models. You know, like a that's true, Deborah or the valet. Uh, yeah, all the valet. Yeah, okay. like, you know. So I really had a, a bad time uh, when when I actually went down there. You know, it wasn't it, it wasn't my time. And then you saying that he you needed like roided up pecs or you needed pretty like much implants. I need well, that, that like valets were mostly women at the time. Yeah, they were going with like bimbos, I guess. Or yeah, they're like, they're more fe- they're, they're all females at that point. Uh, if you're a valet, it was just a female. There, there uh, was no there was no managers like a Bobby the Brain anymore or any of that. It doesn't exist. Like uh, those yeah, guys, yeah, that, okay, those guys okay, were. Okay. Out. So it was all these these females, and then if I, so, I was maybe big enough to be a manager, but it wasn't happening anymore, and I wasn't big enough to be a wrestler. You know, later on, like I, I think in the past few years, my build would have been okay mm. for that for it, but once every I, once I, everyone I, slimmed down a little bit, yeah, I, I'm I'm at the time I'm too old now uh, to make a serious push, and for the past I don't know few years easily, I haven't been taking it serious enough, like. The, what it takes to make it, you know, like uh, buddies of mine that are in the show right now, this guy Kevin Steen or, or Rami Sabai. Yeah, they're doing pretty well. Right? Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They're these guys, you know, they, they they don't have the most, the best look, the best shape or whatever, but they're one, they're really talented, which uh, I could say I'm talented sometimes, you know, uh, and more than that, they're they. Ate, slept, and breathed wrestling. Holy it was shit, all. Man. It was nothing, nothing, nothing else. Just that they uh, had bullshit jobs here and there, just to get them by. Just and then on the on the on the flip of a dime, they would uh, quit or take off to go wrestle. Yeah, you know? full commitment. Full, full commitment, and it it ended up paying off mm-hmm. tremendously. You know, where I, I never had the balls to do that. And maybe also never had the complete belief to do that either. Well, you know? there was an obsession there. I, I, I've, I've always envied and uh, looked up to, and it honestly, it kind of makes me depressed that I've never had like a calling like that, that I, I knew that this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I know this is, yeah, I have fun and I like it, but it, it never, it never consumed my life. Right. I mean, maybe in, 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 Parts here and there, but never for a long, sustained periods of time. You know. Well, you know, the grass is greener with that kind of situation as well, because you know that that obsession also comes with a price. But I'm like you; I've never had like I've, I've had things that I've loved and I've committed to, but uh, never had like that absolute madness for something and pursued it with a complete devotion yeah. and zealotry. There's a price for that as well. It has a price. It's well, just that if, you accept if, it. Especially if you don't make it, the, the price is a lot more severe. Hardcore, yeah. Uh, but, you know, to get there is sacrifices. Which I, at, at some point, I just I didn't have faith in myself and I didn't necessarily want to. I, I've done many other things. You know, I've always been involved with other sports. I've always done other jobs. You know, I've always, you know, uh, had a, f- a few drinks, you know, which is maybe something that you like these Rami and Kevin they don't do they they didn't never went out to parties they never did anything you know like it was just 
just well, Rev, when I saw when I when I saw Sami Zayn or whatever his name is now, I I didn't realize it was him at first because I just remembered him as a skinny, yeah, like, pencil, high flying. El Generico with he's his like kid. gained some good weight. He, he's he's really worked hard. Yeah, he's worked know? himself in like into a like a almost like a AJ Styles kind of physique. But mm. he he literally like he became a man, right? Like I knew him as yeah. As he, a, he really became a man. Yeah, and, I remember uh, his his first match. I remember his first match drawing like we, we just took a black marker and kind of drew on him and stuff. Well, you it, drew abs on him. It was yeah, we drew abs on him. It was it was a, jo- <laughs> it was a joke, you know. And uh, I, I told him this before. I, I hate to say it. When, when I first saw him, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, who would really? A skinny little kid. A scrawny little kid, you know? But then he ended, he ended up turning into one of the most entertaining wrestlers I, I've ever seen. Especially on the indie scene. Yeah, he cracked me yeah. up, man. He used to wrestle like like big man style, like strong yeah, yeah. style. Even though, like Undertaker moves, you know? But he was like half the size of his opponents. And now, uh, WWE has toned him down a bit. But it's still... Him and Kevin are probably my favorite to watch. I mean, yep. I, they make me watch pay-per-views. I mean, it's, I haven't watched pay-per-views in years. And now I go see them all the time because they're there. You know? So you, you've been down to the U.S. pretty regularly to the to these hardcore shows. Have you, have you been to Japan? Have you been to Germany? Have you been to England? Have you been to any no, other places? No, the furthest I've been is Ireland. Okay. I, I, I could have uh, wrestled in Japan and a couple places in Europe, but I, I would have had to have paid my way to get there. And there's, again, we're talking about sacrifice, you know. Uh, earlier in their career, a guy like Kevin and Rami would have paid their way to get there, and in fact did at some point or another. Then they d- didn't have to anymore. Then they were getting paid to get go there. But I never, you know, I never had that drive. Even now, you know, like just a few weeks ago, I got offered uh, to go to uh, Halifax to wrestle, and it's like it was one show. I was getting paid just for one night. I think wasn't very much too it was like a hundred bucks or something and yeah yeah they were going to cover my gas but you know I'm, I'm at an age now it's like i'm going to drive 16 hours or whatever to wrestle one match for a hundred bucks and then drive back i don't have the i don't have the energy for that <laughs> the anymore drive. You know? like, fuck that. <laughs> no that's <laughs> kind of uh, that, when you hear the old timers talk about it you know and they're they, shooting but they wanted to like, do that they wanted to you know they'd wrestle five six times a night for 25 bucks like honky tong jake yeah. all these guys like it's it, it's a life that it's just incredible it, it's it's there's there's a we're talking about sacrifice that's a big sacrifice for me and i don't just didn't feel like doing that anymore now okay. now the the regular the regular far place i go is like toronto you know okay it's uh, five six hours away uh i get to visit family you know if, if it was just up and down and back in one day i, pr- I might not say yes because you know I got better shit to do, man. You know, I got, <laughs> like I got, a, I got a life. You know, like, like, I got a like life. doing comedy, man. That's like your other gig. Now, you were saying earlier that like how inexperienced you felt as a comedian, but I was like, you've been doing it for longer than you'd realize. It's just that you you've been packaging it with wrestling. But I, I've always remembered you as being a funny guy, even though you did terrifying things in the ring and you had kind of a monster thing. You you you. There were a lot of jokes. There were a lot of jokes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. You guys used that. to fuck around a lot in a in a really entertaining. That's that was kind of the IWS brand. It was like maximum violence, but there was funny in it, right? Yeah, there, there was were, comedy a lot. It's true. Whereas most of the hardcore DVDs and stuff that I used to watch, it was just pure violence, and there was just no sense of humor about it, uh, except for the fans screaming "Holy shit!" You know? Yeah. But there was always some. There was like clock matches and there was just all these funny gimmicks i remember that that were really good yeah I, i've always kind of prouded myself too on a lot of my promos i felt were were kind of funny you know yeah 
uh, even re- recently, uh, went to tr- I was doing another show in Toronto, and uh, the promoter did something which I thought was really smart, uh, uh, called Death Proof Wrestling. Anyways, he said to his to all the workers, he's like, uh, everyone make a make a promo, and the best promo wins money, right? So the, it, it encourages cool. all the wrestlers to make promos. And of course, who won the money? You know, you got, you got you, yours <laughs> truly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. What was Ireland like? Like, was that a cool experience? It was really cool. Uh, I wrestled uh, Sheamus. You know, Sheamus. Oh at, yeah. At, at the time, he was Sheamus O'Shaughnessy, who got a huge push afterwards. Yeah, he, he ended up being WWE champion uh-huh. and all that stuff. He's in the new movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was he already like a beast? Back he was then? a beast. Yeah, yeah, he was a beast. But he was really, really cool. And he, you know, sometimes. You, you wrestle these people and it's so smooth like you I guess it, I mean it's just like I'll, I'll like akin to dancing you know not that I dance that much but sometimes if you're if you're dancing with someone you, you it's, it's effortless and there's you know someone's leading and you're not stepping on each other's toes and everything's just going really smoothly and some guys you can feel that and a guy like Seamus it totally felt that you know every whip every punch it was very smooth very easy nothing to you know uh nothing hurt really you know just gravity which you got you going to that you you accept that you know and uh he took all my moves even my crazy moves whatever so he was generous yeah he's very generous and uh it, it was a great time you know it was fun out there i i, I was like and it was mostly kids i was like wrestling in front of kids because they're the best they can really get them you know you can really really get them either way he, playing heel or face uh, good good or bad guy you can always get them you know if, if, if i'm if i'm a good guy i'm their i'm their superhero and they love me like a, like a hulk hogan slash superman person and if they're and if i'm bad they hate me and i scare the crap out of them you know when i they're yeah. at that exact yeah well that, that age is like the good versus evil age yeah like yeah you don't it's not really more complicated than that it for the older crowd i find there's unless they're really willing you know uh, it, it's harder because you you, you, you like, got to do different things. You got to do either either physically sacrifice yourself, uh, either do some sort of uh, death-defying maneuver, you know, or have uh, over-the-top psychology, whether it be joking or, you know. But like, if if if, if a fan, if an older fan doesn't want to get involved, it's really hard to make them, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and you hear a lot of entertainers talk about that. How you know when like they play live or they do live mm-hmm. shows. You've got those people who just like don't want to give you anything. Yeah, but, but at that, that point, perfect. it's like, why are you even here, dude? Right. Like, you know. Well, he's kind of there for that. He yeah, wants maybe. to undercut you a little, right? We were maybe. talking about with uh, John Saint Godard too. Like, there was he was talking about stand up, and that at some point, like, that the whole room kind of telepathically agrees that they're only going to go this far. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you can feel it when that happens. So, it's sometimes like, it's cool when you can when you can convince a few people and it gets infectious and then it gets really crazy. I've only had a few of those matches in my life where everyone was really like buck wild crazy. You house know? was coming down, yeah. House yeah. was coming down and uh The house you, laugh. Sorry? The house laugh. The house that, laugh. Is that what you called it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or room laugh. A room laugh. The room laugh. Yeah. It's so there's a, a lot of parallels between what you were doing well, it's, in, in it's wrestling all, and it's, it's all a live it's entertainment. It's theater, it, it, it's, it's dance, it's, it's stunt work. The, the 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 thing with comedy and and wrestling, which is what makes it so close, is uh, the audience participation. Mm. Unlike a play or a movie or a show where you have a show and it doesn't whatever whoever's watching it doesn't change it. But with comedy or wrestling, a lot of times the audience does change it. You know. 
you know, it's like that feedback. That, that it's whole, absolutely uh, a live the, the, give the, and take. The, 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 the like observation of it changes. It's where it's what it is. Yeah, you know? like there's a reason why you wouldn't tape a match in the cold Quantum arena between right two people, right? You need that audience participation. Yeah, I mean that comes from a carnival. You know, that's what it is. You that's know? what I mean, it was. The, the the reason that I'm there is to incite some sort of reaction, whether it be a clap, a boo, a cheer, a, yeah. a laugh, a ooh, a happy, sad, whatever. You, you need something. Whereas again, in, in other art forms, like uh, you paint a painting, someone might have all those, but you don't know it, and it doesn't change the painting. It's going to be the same painting. It's still going to be the same. But painting. as in stand up comedy or in wrestling, it it totally changes the painting. And if if it doesn't, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You know. A collaboration yeah you, you you have to like you you have to be willing as a wrestler or a standard comedian that if something isn't working you got to change you know you can't just keep forging you, you can't just if, if it's if it's not go, people aren't reacting to it you got to change what you're doing or you know, which you, is not the same as what you were saying about breaking down and letting the, the 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 pain show because that can backfire as well that can kill the room right mm. but yeah you got to adapt to the situation i've always i don't know if this is maybe a crazy theory but when it comes to wrestling and performing arts, I always thought that Looney, uh, not Looney Tunes, but like Bugs Bunny, probably had a huge influence in developing how we communicate with lang- with the body, like body cues, com- comedic body cues, physical body cues, because there was a lot of wrestling type action in Bugs Bunny, right? Like mm. they'd have uh, like the Coyote and Roadrunner, uh, like they'd be chases, they'd be fights, they'd be face-offs, and a lot of the language i feel was probably developed during this time you know like the whole idea of somebody punching you in the face you didn't expect it and waiting a second before you hit the mat right or mm-hmm. looking at the crowd like did he just do that to me right like looking breaking the fourth wall i, I would say it goes beyond that I, i'd say bugs bunny might even got it from wrestling you know that's ba- actually ba- totally possible. like like back at the carney days that's oh, what, yeah. what it was you know you you had heroes and villains, you know. People. That's actually really, yeah. No, it could have been the other way around. Absolutely. You know, and, and and it all came from, you know, you you watch sports. You know, I guess the biggest sport maybe back in the day was maybe boxing or something. Mm. And you saw you, you cheered for one guy and and uh, you know booed another or didn't want another win. And eventually, you know, some carnies realized, you know, hey, we can we can maybe do it. You know, have have the outcome we actually do want. Right. You know? Well, I remember <laughs> seeing a documentary about it. How, like, uh, at the point where it turned from actual grappling into entertainment, and I think it was—I uh, don't know if it was the original Buddy Rogers or uh, the original Nature Boy or one of the guys. Just people started to get bored because it was just two men like yeah, holding, holding each other yeah. forever, and the promoters were like, "Okay, we need something." And then one guy just started acting kind of effeminate. Yeah. But being a being like a nasty brute and so he'd come out like prancing and everybody in the 50s or whatever or 40s people lost it right like that you didn't do that in the 40s like mm. what's this a full-grown man prancing like a girl but then he'd get in the ring and just brutalize <laughs> whoever it was up against and i think that's maybe where the the, the sequins and the rhinestones and the characters started to pop up after the post-war mm. you know with the the evil german the evil Russian yeah. USA in, is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the end, I hate to say it, but it's all money driven. You know, you want to sell tickets. And yeah. That's what it comes yeah. down to. If someone's not entertained, they don't want to pay tickets. They don't want to buy the ticket next time, you know? But when you look at the pictures of like old timey wrestling and like modern day, it's such an interesting uh, like phenomenon where you'll look at a 1950s, 60s uh, wrestling arena 
and this guy is just like legs crossed smoking a cigarette and have, like just watching it with complete seriousness and just be like mm, yeah I'm watching right, right fast forward to the 90s and people are like shirtless disguised oh, as their favorite shit. wrestler they're climbing on top of each other you have signs they made at home signs, right yeah. and then post 2000s you have like all the quote unquote smart marks right from now serious fans who now like know everything these are the same guys at rock shows who instead of watching the concert will like film the guy doing his solo and then go bitch about it on YouTube but like <laughs> I wasn't really happy with his fret work you know his his, <laughs> fingering. Uh, his fingering was just really not top notch right like it's just like the smart uh, exposed crowd and whatever mm-hmm. but there's always people that are still into it I think how yeah. would you say the state of wrestling is now um you know I, I, I haven't seen the uh, the numbers if you will but for me but I'm I'm just going off because my buddies are there you know like so I, th- I think it's great because of my buddies are on uh, on TV every week or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's gonna be even better in the near future because one of my buddies is gonna be the champion and stuff and that's gonna be really cool okay I, I don't know that for sure but I'm I can see it it seems like he's he's, he's, he's on his up. way you uh-huh. know? he's on his way so for me that makes the state of wrestling really good uh, sometimes I'd say the state of wrestling isn't very good because uh, there might be, you know, uh, how am I going to put this? There, there's, there's a lo- there's like a lot of people with opinions, and that, and that's cool. But when they all run shows and they all have their own shows and agenda, you never know what's what you're going to get. Like I, 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 it's like one of it's like one of my pet peeves is when I, I meet someone. And they're like, oh, I know someone who's a wrestler. And then usually I get around it. I never heard of them, you know. Um, So that that says one thing, you know. Because if if you've been in the indie scene in Montreal, I know who you are. If you're any of any exposure or talent, I know who you are. And then so this person has went to see this guy who she says wrestler wrestle probably in some church basement. I don't know what the fuck, you know. Right. And uh, she, they have this view that, oh, this is what it means to be a wrestler. And it's not really. So there's people out there that call themselves wrestlers that really shouldn't be calling themselves wrestlers. If only thing, because some of them can hardly even move because they're so out of shape and fat or whatever because they don't have gimmicks because they don't have uh, proper training because they don't look like a wrestler. Right. They have nothing, you know. But yet these are holding the banner of this is what it is to be a wrestler, you know. Um that, even, that that gets under your skin. Yeah, it gets under my skin because even though, even though uh, it's not my main source of income as a wrestler, uh, I'm still a professional at it, and I know what I'm doing in there, and I, I have no qualms about saying that I always uh, get the crowd reactions one one form or another, uh, but some people don't, you know. But at the same time, part of me, that's just part of me, maybe wishing that I had more bookings you know <laughs> saying uh, that, saying that oh so this guy uh couldn't i feel couldn't hold a, a, a candle to me you know right but yet he's being booked i know? think all the everybody in the but arts ev- is feeling that yeah, everyone feels that you know and that's there's an imposter kind of thing going on all, like across the board right uh, actors and politicians and great people and uh, Nobel peace prize people are being overshadowed by people who are on tv for a living yeah. You know, like we were seeing this across the board. The pretenders are everywhere. And and let's say, you know, a guy is like there's a couple of feds who who do okay, there's one I'm talking about thinking of a particular 
out in Quebec City, and I know they they uh, they sell out pretty much every time. It's like the hall's not that big; it's a couple hundred, you know. But that's still big. It's 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 all right, you know. And uh, I see some of the people on the card, and I'm like, man, I could do so much better than this guy. One, I mean, my 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 intensity, my character will just blow the roof off that that place. But I can't get in because they're already they're already so selling out, and even if they're I'm better than some of the guys. They don't care because they're selling out, you know. And 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 that's uh, another thing about wrestling compared to almost every other sport is that it's all subjective. It's like if 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 in hockey or football you're the best when you score the most goals or score the most touchdowns or whatever. In wrestling, it's not like that, you know. Uh, you could be the best, but it's only as much as some guy thinks you're the best. Um, not it's definitely not as much as you win or anything like that. There's there's a whole plethora of things that go go on currency is perception sure but it's more than that it's like it's like a a particular person has to like you uh not just in the ring but your character and also you have to do a bit of politicking um again we'll go back to rami and kevin these guys not only did they have the ability but everyone thought they had the ability and and they also uh liked them you know whereas i know i've ruffled feathers here and there i'm i'm a pretty a straight talker sometimes you know that might have got me out of bookings and i haven't been that politicker that you know i I maybe should be so like going back to what i was saying in wrestling just because you know you win a lot doesn't mean you're good you know yeah and i I find that hilarious how many people that when i that hey what what were you doing tonight i said i was wrestling and the first thing they say to me is did you win (laughs) <laughs> it's like, don't you know it's fake? Don't you know it's not? I mean, fake is the maybe the wrong word, but don't you know that the the winner loss is total yes. script? You know, you but yet here first, folks. But 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 yet it's the first. <laughs> it's the first thing people ask me all the time, and it's I like I think it's like a gut reaction. But it's though. so weird. It, it's it's like if I say no, I lost. Uh, they look less like this. They look a little dejected. So, so they, they, they're, they're, they're dejected. Yeah, like ah, <laughs> like they actually literally think less of me. I was, and, I was hoping you would be one of those. And winners. they don't get it. I mean, <laughs> now, I mean, usually, I mean, I've been lucky in that sense, or maybe unlucky. I don't know, but usually, uh, Green Phantom is is booked to to go over my opponents to win, but really, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. And when I when I've told people I've I've lost. They do get dejected. So now, regardless, I say I win because <laughs> it doesn't matter really, you know. Yeah, and it makes yeah. them happier. So sure, you know. Y- usually, it's the truth anyway. But but it's like I, I always say the same thing. I always say, uh, did Rocky ever ever win a boxing match? No, it was a no. movie. Right. It's a <laughs> yeah. fucking movie. He didn't win anything. He's right. shit. It's an actor. That's yeah. it. Well, but, in a sense, you won because you got a chance to wrestle, and, and you love to wrestle. What, what, so. I, what I say sometimes too is uh, when they say who won, I'm like the audience. Uh, yeah, there you uh, go. This is Sonia from Animal Couture, and you're listening to Fire in a Hole. So uh, yeah, so wrestling, teaching. What do, what do you teach? I'm a science teacher. You're a science teacher. Yeah. Okay, so how did that happen? How did it happen? Uh, honestly, it's uh, I never thought I'd be really anything. No, no less a teacher. Uh, I was kind of wandering uh, through life, sort of. And uh, a friend of the family uh, had a job for me. Um, this kid stabbed another kid, and but the kid who sta- did the stabbing still had some legal right to uh, t- 
to write an exam or something. And for some reason, he, he it was his principal, he thought that I would be the perfect candidate to watch this stabby kid <laughs> do this exam. <laughs> and I guess I watched him properly. And then the, uh, the next school year, they asked for, um, if he, he like asked if I ever thought about a substitute teacher. Uh, or just teaching in general, and I said, I don't know, no, not really. Um, and then he uh, asked me to come in a couple times, and I guess I did it well as a substitute. Just like it was, I felt like just babysitting, kind of. And then uh, this teacher that I used to have as a teacher, he uh, decided to re retire like cr around Christmas or something. So they gave me his job. You know? Okay. But like science is not just I, something you can well, hop I, into. I, I, I like had a, uh, a university degree from Concordia, uh, something called science and human affairs. Wasn't really doing anything with it. Uh, you know, I, I still don't know what I, I want to be when I grow up. You know, okay. so I, I've always kind of been. And so I w the, what, what made me qualified on paper was this degree, you know, but it was nothing to do with education or anything. And uh, I just, I started, I, they just, uh, at the time there was a big demand for teachers and uh it didn't matter that I didn't have a, cert a teaching certificate or whatever. They just needed people, and because I had a bit of education, I could do it. And I started doing it well. And uh, but but like then the uh, the job is uh, dried up a little bit, and I decided to actually go back and actually get this certificate. I went to school for about nine months, and uh, at Nipissing University, North Bay. It was cool I, I, going going at that at that time. It was like a really a vacation for a year, and it was a real simple simple thing like. I graduated with honors, and uh, it was like the easiest vacation ever. It was just fun times. I worked at a local bar and stuff. And That's cool. Anyway, so so after that, I became a real teacher, and now I get a, all the benefits and all that. It's actually my career, if you would say, but I don't really think of it as that. You know, I never, again, I never thought, I, I don't even want to label myself a teacher. It's something I never thought I'd become. I just kind of ended up like this. But, I mean, there's so many parallels with the wrestling. I, I, it, I mean, to me, it's kind of, you know, black on white there I mean there's a performance aspect you are in fact doing demonstrations in both situations right yeah no and one, one, one side you're actually you know testing the laws of physics and the other you're actually talking about the theory behind it I don't know maybe I'm just constructing it that way in my mind the theory of relativity brother it's like this right that's how i talk about there's teacher. an angle right there where like you hit your head and you start going into teach as greed phantom and start wrestling as joey the teacher right yeah. and like people are trying to tell you you're you've mixed up you're like no 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 this is my job yeah you try to teach other guys the other guy in the other corner you're like trying to give him a lesson on science yeah. and he keeps trying to hit you you're like dude listen so relativity you see <laughs> well i i definitely use uh i try to use the wrestling in when i talk about things and you know, explaining physics and stuff you know definitely uh definitely try to use mm -hmm. it and and it, it like makes me uh the cool teacher as well which is such an advantage when the kids like you your job is like so much easier than if they hate you so uh, i got you know it makes my job easy that kids like me and part of that is because they know i'm a wrestler and that's cool to them you know yeah, it's kind of a it's like an it's kind of a buy-in. Hmm. Like I think, like I think if I were a teacher that was a wrestler, I would thought it would be pretty immediately cool. wrestler Even, by by yeah, night, yeah, exactly. teacher by so, day. Are you kidding me? That's it's like it's as close as you can get to a superhero. Know, it's funny. Even though I've explained it multiple times to multiple people because they ask me all the time, a lot of kids still don't get it that I'm still a wrestler. They're like, sir. 
did you used to be at Russell or when was the last time Russell? I'm like, oh, I still do it like Thursday, all, all the time. Thursday. You know? <laughs> That's like, cool. What? And you see the, their faces cringe, squish up. Like, what? How's that possible? You're, yeah, you're, you're old. my teacher. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're a grown up. Not that but old. You're close Do to I look old? No, no but, but from, to, from a kid's perspective, from, any from teacher is like any non-kid right? is old, right? Yeah. Any non if, no, if you're not a kid, yeah. what's the average age of of, stu- of the students you teach? Uh, it's grade usually eight or nine. Okay. You know? so these are some heavy years emotionally for these. Definitely kids. heavy years for them. You know, fourteen. Yeah. Freaking 15, out. Thirteen, fourteen. You have a very 15. skewed version of of age at that. Yeah, I remember being 18 years old with my brother who was 7 years younger than me so he was 11 I was like oh, I wish I could take you out to the bars but by the time that you're old enough you're, I'm going to be 25 and too old to do anything oh. you know? that, was, that so was the idea when you're 18 you think you're like close to death at 25 I mean the media does a lot of like uh, you know hype about how fucked up schools are now but have you, have you seen what they're talking about has like the landscape changed or is it just more kids in different years Are, are are kids more like mature or like weirder or more violent or less? I don't want to. I don't want to say anything that I'm gonna get in trouble with my work <laughs> because I. I uh, you don't have tenure. I, I, I enjoy working there, and you know. There's I'm, no question that you do. But I'm just <coughs> saying in terms of like the feel. Um, no, uh, you know, kids, uh, kids are kids in in some ways that they're the same all over. But also, I've been I've taught at different schools. And there is a difference, and from one place to another, whether it be socioeconomic uh, aspects or whatnot, um, you know, different different schools have different characteristics for sure. And a lot of that too can have to do with the, the staff and the administration, you know. Sure. But one thing uh, I've always liked about teaching is that, really, even though I have uh, authorities and bosses, and I do people I have to answer to. <coughs> When the uh, when the door closes, when the cl- my classroom door closes, it's pretty much my my zone here. This is my place, and I'm in charge. You know, uh, a few thirty people or whatever. And this is, uh, you know, in the classroom. When like I said, when the door closes, it's, it's mine now. So it's cool. Ride in by yourself. Yeah. You know, your own, your own boss. It's cool that you teach science mine. because that, that's <laughs> not typically where you find a cool teacher, right? Like maybe if you're lucky, but. Um, don't give in to that st- geeky stereotype that I'm, science is just for like not cool people I disagree with <laughs> that bastard I'm, sa- I'm not science is cool science like. will end up saving this world I fucking man. love science bro if kids think I it's love it people, kid, too many kids think it's stupid and that's no, why no. one of the reasons why our world is about to die or no, they, they don't believe it that stereotype exists because for it the longest the time the people yeah. who taught these subjects were stuffed shirts right they were like humorless people and then coke event- bottle glasses yeah I mean at least in my experience uh, the sciences the maths were always taught by by, by weird people and then slowly yeah. it started to change I'm a weird person I know not weird hair, in that way talk I'm talking funny like sometimes serial or, killer weird you know I don't know <laughs> I, I always have different facial hair You know, <laughs> it keeps it fresh. <laughs> it keeps it fresh. It's true. You're one of the few people who can rock the handlebar mustache and can, keep it classy. You know? I can do anything. Yeah, I can, I can do, anything. do anything with this facial hair. <laughs> I definitely would love to have that kind of environment in my in, in a school, right? Where teachers like, I can I can do anything. You can do anything is possible. Yeah. Like, yeah, all right. I like to hear that. Like, that's 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 positive. It's a positive message. What happened to your face, uh, Professor Fitzmorris? 
yeah. physics <laughs> and gravity. <laughs> gravity. <laughs> gravity. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> it's funny. That's that's actually happened. You know? Has it really? Yeah. It's different times. When yeah. two objects collide at an intensity. <laughs> that's right. Once I, I, I was I was lucky. I was at school, and uh, I was lucky. There was a Thanksgiving weekend because I, I broke my elbow in a wrestling match, and um, I thought I could probably. I wasn't sure if I actually broke it, so I, I had to go to work. So I went to work with this broken elbow. And at, at the time, I was actually a phys ed teacher. And then we uh, went to play hockey just with the the kids or whatever. And I, I did a move, and I was in so much pain. Like I like knew shit, it's at that point I had to get this shit taken care of. And I was happy uh, because I wasn't tenured because it was just kind of starting out. I, I, I had just enough sick, sick days to be out, out of... Uh, out of school for about a week and a half, which was just enough because it was—it's a pretty serious operation. You know, they put put me under and open up my. I stuff. can't imagine. I, I have a couple of screws in there. And was stuff. there anything loose? Like, was it was it broken clear? I was cl- cl- broken clear. That's wow. why there was two screws and, and yeah, they had to take it out and manipulate it and put it back. Does in. it go off uh, at the airport? I always ask that when someone no, tells me they've got a. It hasn't yet. Hasn't yet. It's a foreign object now. You've got the what was it, Luger? Yeah. <laughs> when he had the the yeah. forearm plate. Uh, you're, a, you're a cyborg, sort of, yeah. sort of. Yeah. So, how did you end up hooking up with Jake the Snake uh, and do and doing his opener? Like, had you met him before? Uh, well, I did years ago when I first started wrestling. I uh, one of the things I started on, on an offshoot of where I was wrestling. I started this show called Tournament of the Icons, out in my hometown of Two Mountains. And uh, and my, the first show was so successful. This, my second show, I booked uh, one of the big stars. So I, I, I searched for Jake the Snake, and uh, I knew he had a bit of problems. But I, you know, whatever. I booked him because I thought it'd be good. Fuck I'd it, be, I want to meet him. Sell some yeah. tickets, and it was and fuck it, I want to meet him too. And uh, man, I didn't know much about putting on shows uh, yet. You know, um, I was a lot of bat- baptism by fire stuff, and. Um, with Jake, it was cool to meet him, and he actually showed up, which was uh, first. Uh, I wasn't sure if he'd be yeah, even show up, you know. Himself, yeah. uh, so he actually showed up. So we we met, and we had a, a pretty wild weekend, you know. He uh, he, I, I got another guy on the show basically because I wasn't sure if Jake would show up. Uh, G- Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Holy and shit! He 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 was on the show, uh, and as an insurance policy but in the end that's why I lost tons of money because I got two big stars and paid them all a bunch of money anyway that's a long story um, but I, I, I booked them it was, it was a wild weekend and uh, but th- this this past week where you saw the comedy it had absolutely nothing to do with that it was just uh, kind of serendipity and it was a very uh, happy moment for me because that whole time I, I had him he even slept at my house and I brought him to meet tons of people um, I was so busy trying to run this show uh, that I hardly got any time to uh, spend with him, you know. Didn't even get a picture. Wow. Didn't even get a picture with him, you know. Okay, that's um, nice. And a lot of things I want to talk about. He even offered, uh, uh, Joe, I'll like uh, go around the ring with you for an hour or I'll give you like a little lesson. And I, I said yes, but then it ended up I couldn't do it. I was just too busy, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. So it was like, like this priceless, Shit. priceless wrestling les- legend, uh, and he could have given him this priceless le- lesson right there, you know. Anyway. So this this time, uh, this guy Walter uh, Ling, he runs uh, shows there at the comedy. He's the comedy you know, works guy. Comedy works with the hair. And, with the hair. Uh, yeah, and he yeah. was actually the the first guy who who uh, 
who thought who actually booked Green Phantom for a, a a little comedy gig. He had a he had an idea for like you know ten seconds worth of something, and uh, I said no at first, and then Mike Patterson uh, called me. He's like, no, you got to do this. You, you'll be good at it, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> quote quote not really <laughs> and but, you were good at it I was and, there. Uh, and it ended up uh ended up being all right you know obviously yeah, it's it great obviously room for improvement you know it's but, always uh, tough the first time you go up but but sure. it, it worked out and did it i did a few times uh every set getting a little longer and a little better your sense your sense of timing was there and i feel like pro- wrestling probably probably honed that maybe I, I one of my biggest faults in wrestling is that i i i speed I, I, I like go too fast I gotta slow down sometimes you know mm. and this, it's the same thing in comedy you, you totally can't uh, get a, get ahead of yourself and you got every every joke has to has to sell it it has to impact you let it land and, and, yeah. and, and let that reaction happen if, if you don't give it time it well does, just your perception of time completely is warped yeah. once you're performing right yeah. like you, everything either stops or and you, you you don't you lose any sense of how fast or slow you're going hmm and I guess that's something you gotta you gotta you're trying to be more entertaining as well. Like and you're trying uh, to get more content out. Yeah, and, and and people have well, that's it. You you you, you like want to tell your jokes, but you waste them if people are laughing at the last previous joke, you know, right. or whatnot. Uh, and it doesn't sound the same to you. Yeah, no. It's the reason why liars uh, repeat themselves a lot because it doesn't sound right to their own ears, so they'll kind of reaffirm the same really? thing over and over again. That's how you, you can kind of spot before. a liar a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. So Interesting. Yeah, I gotta look out for. I gotta figure out now if I do that. <laughs> and then I'm in I, trouble. I've been paying attention. You don't. No. Oh. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Anyways, so my last one, which is my first one I've done in uh, almost a couple of years, it feels like. Uh, just before I went on, uh, Mike Patterson uh, texted me. He's like, "Slow down, and it'll be great." And I've heard that before, but for some reason, it resonated more, more than it ever did before. And it, it really, as I was up on stage. I thought about that you know it actually came to mind and I was still able to you know think of other things while thinking to slow it down and it, it worked out really really well for me mm-hmm. yeah no matter what those people from that other podcast want to say fuck the other podcasts yeah. fuck, no. I, fuck all other fuck podcasts, other podcasts <laughs> except the ones that we'll be working with in the future but yeah. the other ones can we love you guys yeah. The, yeah those guys are okay yeah <laughs> but speaking of Patterson that, there's another guy so if I go back to that memory again for my, to my first like uh, Wally show um, I remember seeing Patterson for the first time and he actually got me riled up which has never happened, and I've never bought into any His show ever. His voice did that over the radio. That's how I ended up going. He just heard him screaming about crazy wrestling and peace be crazy Manny, and like I, he sounded it's wild. It's all legit, right? Yeah, it's all legit. And but it, he it actually me. he that night I think He's he was magic. working like a heel announcer angle, and he was just just trying to piss everyone off just so that we'd pay attention. And I must have had a few, and I remember I'll never forget this. I actually got up and I threw my beer in his face what in front of the entire <laughs> bar i fucking splashed my i've never done anything like this in oh my, my entire God. life i can't even picture you doing that the second the beer i was like what the fuck it's are like you doing motion moment and he, he just took it and he was just like he you could see it was a mixture of like you're, you're out of here but also nice like i got <laughs> you i got you i got what i wanted right and then they escorted me out of the, the, the bar. But then for some reason, the bouncers were like, ah, fuck it, dude. Get back in there. But, you know, don't do that again. And I was like, I, I don't even know why I did it the first but time. What is it that got you? 
I, he was just like he was he was insulting the crowd. He's like fucking. I don't remember the words, but he must have said he must have played us like 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 right. an expert. He's just rolling, yelling at you and just rallying up. He's he amazing. said something and like you're fucking people. And I just went like fuck you. And I just like let, <laughs> I'd let the emotion get to me. And then uh, I think uh, at the end of the show, I went up to him and I actually bought him a beer. And I was like, I was like, I had this huge apology ready. And then he just looked at me like. Bro, thanks. Like yeah. <laughs> you added to the show. You gave me you gave me like the perfect everyone felt sorry for me. I had the crowd after that. Right? Yeah. It couldn't have worked out better. That's so. great. So, so you see, see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> I'll buy the beer. So you you and Patterson, like, you're your old friends, right? Yeah, we I've known him through that forever. Uh, actually, where I teach now, he, he used to go to school, but that's just a, a side thing. Another synchronicity uh, situation. And th- through the years, you know, he every time I'm involved with like a storyline or something with him, it's it's absolute a great time. You know, if you ever on YouTube, uh, you should uh, just search uh, Green Phantom Mike Patterson or Chase Scene or something like that. And uh, it's uh, it's basically Green Phantom chasing Mike Patterson all over Montreal, <laughs> you know, in different sites and stuff. It's it's really how long did it take you guys to do that? It was just a one just, just an afternoon. Uh, Abdul Butt, you know him. He he, uh, uh, he, he, yes. he, he was on uh, this hour's thirty. He he performed uh, recently at the Comedy Works, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, he had he has a great B- B- Bill Cosby video where he went up to. Uh, Bill Cosby and said, uh, "I forget the joke. I'm not going to do it justice, so I'm not <laughs> going to think of it." But anyway, Abdul Butt was was the filmer, and he he's he he, he filmed that chase stuff. Yeah, okay. he filmed the chase stuff. Oh, Patterson, man. He he he's again, Frank. When you guys were doing those big shows at the medley, um, uh, I remember he would the pro he would cut these. F- he he's a, he's a small guy, right? He's a small kind of chubby dude, uh, not at all of athletic type, and then. But he would show up with like a sleeveless shirt, <laughs> and he'd he'd have straps around his biceps, like you know, like the ultimate warrior. And he'd baby oil himself up, <laughs> and he would go on about how he's only got twenty seven percent fat fat tissue or whatever, <laughs> and just like in a vaguely macho man voice, and fucking yeah. had the crowd. It was like that's the comedy I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, he, he has a lot of physical comedy with the wrestler. You know, again, over the years, I've involved with many angles with him and. And he, he comes out looking hilarious. He's, he's honestly a, a genius at what he does in, in many ways, especially if it's comedy related to wrestling. And he, he, he like got me into it, you know, totally. Uh, and as, as a guy, we're talking about before about people being driven, you know. That's one of those guys where I envy him because he just does what he loves. Whether he gets paid or not, he has got the. A, like, a lot of times he does, but a lot of times he doesn't. He'll do it because that's what he does, you know. Uh, you know, whether it be you know comedy shows, just or obsessed with it, just always doing stuff, commercials, whatever he's doing, series, he's all over the place. It's it's beautiful, like and like the the like video we did. Uh, I don't think he got paid a cent for it, but then another video he he did, he he will, you know, and yeah, it like builds. And he builds kind of a. He, he, that's what he does now. He's he's a professional actor comedian, you know, because that's all he. Ever yeah, you did. see him in ads from time to time, yeah. like Jigaloo yeah. and fuck other jobs. When yeah. I can do what I want, you know. He's a bit of a local celebrity. Yeah, yeah totally. as, as are you actually. You've well, been thanks. on uh, on floats in the St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually on on one float or another at some point. How but did that How did that work? Even, uh, but even, even as a kid, I've I've always on St. Patrick's Day. It was pretty big in my family. That's like I said, but the, the the Green Phantom. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of destiny. You know, get, the get with the green. There's many things in my life, whether it be my environmental policies, my my political stances, or even my Irishness. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, 
the gardening, the, all the, the gardening, the gardening you know, yes. you know, who, whatever else may be, the get recycling, with, whatever, yeah, recycling, <laughs> get with the green. So the, the Irish thing has always been my family. Whether it be, uh, I'm an Irish dancer, also, Shh, don't tell anyone. Well, you just uh, wait, wait. You know, I used to play uh, <laughs> Irish football, and uh, you know, Irish culture was kind of in, in my family. So I, I, I was always, I was always in these in these parades anyway. Okay, only in the past. Uh, whatever, 15 years, I started going to these parades as Green Phantom for various reasons. I, I, it's a perfect fit. Yeah, it you know, really is when you think about it. It's a perfect fit, you know. I just Kids yell, parties, yell, at, yell at people, partying, and get with the green, you know. It had become a bit of a fixture. Yeah. I, I Yeah, it just it is what it is, you know. People always shout out for me. It's cool, you know. I, I, the past few years, I've always uh, went on the TSN float with, like, uh, Mitch Melnick, who is a great supporter of all everything indie, man. Mitch Melnick is the man. He's the last DJ there is, man. And, I think and, he is. I think and, you're and, right about and, that. And he he had the he had the, uh, the the coolness and the balls to put Green Phantom on the radio a few years ago. Uh, basically, had me call in and cut promos on, on the air, you know, and then it all le- led up for months where it ended up uh, Green Phantom ended up pile driving Andy Bennett through a table who she was his co-host at the time <laughs> and uh, it was very misogynistic and evil and literally the way they, they set it up uh, it w- like you should check it out uh, although they, they like, don't have the, the right audio on, on the video but if you search like Green Phantom Andy Bennett Assault you can see you can see some of the views to it I love it, the keywords and, and it's had like t- 20,000 views whatever whatever but that's very, uh, that's decent. It, it was cool how, how they what they made that they did technically uh, for, for for the for like the listener at home um, they made me take over the station right they had uh, you know how they have like music uh, for I mean it's pretty much any station but for this station it, the, the usual was dun, 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 and now it's another team 990 sports update. But instead of the music played, and instead of them talking, it ended up being me talking, and I took over the station, right? Really invaded and then the came world. in and and then attacked them and did all this carnage, you know, <laughs> on air. Like it was it was sick how this guy Melnick gave me the keys like that. That's it, awesome. It was, it was amazing, and it's like this is like uh, the, the 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 biggest uh, English uh, radio show on on primetime there, afternoon show. That's cool. Uh, I mean, the it, drive home. There. It's so rare to see that kind of spontaneity anymore it was, in any it was amazing and and the thing is, it was so good and, and this this is this goes out to all the the detractors of wrestling uh first the first thing people say about the, uh about wrestling when they say when someone detracts it it's usually it's so fake or something about it being fake forget about how uh how how much every other thing you watch movies or tv shows are also fake For, forget about you, that you know? <laughs> including the person you know, um but it, uh, I just lost my train of thought. You're saying how like they they accuse it of being yeah, they accuse wrestling of being fake, right? Um, but there, there's but there's so many other things that are just as fake. Um, but what, what was it reality gonna... shows? <laughs> no, people. You know, people social media. Fake, everything is 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 fabricated. Nobody's. Everything is recorded, digitized, color corrected, uh, edited. Yeah. So, so as I was saying, I, I just r- realized where I was going. So, nice. so, so, so that that show I had with Mitch Melnick, obviously, it's at least to me, anyways, it's 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 fake, right? Because it's Green Phantom taking over a radio station. You know, like it's obviously something is up. You know, and uh, people got all up in arms. Like people called the cops. 
people uh, fans showed up to uh, uh, protect uh, Annie Bennett, and and and, and 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 as soon as it happened, uh, they they said you better get out of here because uh, people are coming, uh, you know, to they're trying to, to they're to, coming to beat you up, coming to beat me up and rescue her. You know, that's amazing. So I had to, wow. I had to pull, I had to fucking get out of there real quick, and then there was a big uh, kerfuffle at, at the radio station. But it's like so th- that's great. It's a, like a, 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 of the world a, shit. A, a lot that's of these exactly same people who you know would say, uh, you know, oh, it's so fake, are the first people to get hook, line, and sinker when something fake happens, you know? Right. Like, like they, they bite first. They, they, they bite first, you know? Right. And, and, like, the, the like YouTube comments, some of them are hilarious. You this know? is outrageous. Yeah, this is outrageous. <laughs> he should be in jail. Uh, I, 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 I hope Andy's all right. Who uh, are these people? You know, We've started the Kickstarter <laughs> for Andy, for the support group. That's great. But do you understand how rare it is to be able to actually create that kind of uh, controversy yeah like, it was great uh, I, I, I look up to Mitch Mellick so much for having the balls to do that that's great whatever. man I, I can't remember the last time I was I was really like I, I guess we've been talking about this a while back like the only time there's a remote chance of shit going wrong hmm. unscripted is at like award shows if a celebrity yeah. gets too hammered or if they pan the camera to him at the wrong time and he's like not laughing at whatever joke was made at his expense or whatever but yeah, otherwise everything big, is it's a big draw super controlled uh, or people just don't react to, to, to things anymore hmm. with like Anderson Cooper standing five feet from like someone whose buildings collapsed on them and they're screaming and he's just going on like there's nothing speaking of things that are fake you know yeah like the fact that it's not polished and that there's the danger of anything going on and yeah that's probably a big draw and that the, whatever crisis that the, 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 the report they were like if I look at CNN for instance one first time I realized how everything was bullshit is like they were reporting on the Gulf War and the segment I realized they had a font they'd made a font for the segment it was like Gulf War stylized Middle Eastern with like mm-hmm. a little camel silhouette and I'm like okay this, this is horse shit this is horse shit <laughs> all the letters are made of camels yeah, yeah. exactly like, and there's eh, dunes in the back job. And like just, like just that it's called a segment means it has to be produced in some way. Yeah. So there's a director, already, there's a writer. Yeah, you're already in that game of it's something. That's a very good point you something make. Something made up. That when they throw this like classic like, oh, wrestling is not real. Like they throw that line at you. I mean, what is? Well, tell me about these real things that, 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 uh, that made you take offense at the fakeness of wrestling. What yeah. are these real things you're living was like it your that, Instagram uh, account, was it that, you know, superhero movie you saw or something. Exactly, yeah, yeah, Comic Con you just went to <laughs> as a as a fat Deadpool or you know like. And I remember that was that was a big thing. It was like sometime in the nineties, some big documentary came out like uncovering like the the secret microphone underneath the canvas and like they're like pushing on like showing like how it's you know yeah. like there's this yeah. much give and like we take it for granted now that like you know a lot that there we understand that there's a a certain level of theatrics to it and we know that there are props and all that but back in like the 80s i wasn't a big fan but that it was still debated whether it was, it was real debated. it was real or not yeah. now it's kind of but like I a mean, foregone conclusion like there okay. was also no but i'm not sure if it was debated amongst kids it was like it was like the santa claus thing yeah you know? what you, santa claus yeah. real? What? i think there wasn't so much a desire to find out it's, it was like a sausage print, the sausage principle, you know? Hmm. You just knew that it was delicious. You, didn't, you just don't want to know. Didn't really care. Yeah. Suspected that very clearly <laughs> these these guys came out of the same entrance. They can't hate each other that much. Yeah. But 
you're like, no, but I want the disbelief. Like everyone wanted the 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 entertainment value of it. Yeah. They so weren't into this like when, debunking. When, when, uh, when Hulk Hogan lost when I was a kid, I was devastated. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. devastating. It was unthinkable. But you were were you aware that that was a decision that for the most Hulk part, Hogan yeah. was like in again. On? I might have, I was I was young, so at that point, I'm not sure how I can date it properly. But I would say maybe I was maybe 12 or something. Yeah, and. Uh, it hurt me and I knew it was you know I, I was still like holding on maybe a little bit kind of like Santa Claus yeah. you know holding on to a little bit but but I knew I mean my, uh, the, the one thing I always thought my dad told me when I talked about it with him, he's like think of if a guy with that big of arm punched someone in the face you think his face would look normal you know yeah you you get bruised and cut and, and and being a of some sort of logical science minded, uh, that made perfect sense to me. Like, yeah, of course it's fake. So I always knew, you know. But I didn't necessarily, like you said, you didn't want to know. That so wasn't the debate. It, it wasn't the deal. Yeah. It, it didn't wasn't matter. the deal at that's, all. That's trying to debunk like yeah. Santa Claus by saying, well, well, there's this many chimneys, yeah. and you'd have yeah. to travel yeah. this fast. It's like, it it makes to... sense, but you don't care. It's like I don't care that Yoda's made up. I still want him to win. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that spirit's gone a little yeah. bit now with with people with also the internet. Green. Also green. Also green. Um, Get with the green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, de- the the debunk debunking and the tearing down of the spectacular, the fantastic, has Dreams. kind of become a for like you know Superman should have never been able to punch through that man that money. You're like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Superman, like, let go, let <laughs> go, and like that. I think in the 80s, early 90s, there was still a willingness to like, I don't give a shit. I work, you know, this many hours a week. I got three kids driving me crazy. I'm yeah. taking him to WrestleMania, and I want to have a fucking good time. I want good versus evil. I want to be outraged when someone kicks out of that finisher that shouldn't be kicked out of. Yeah. When my heroes win, da 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 da, da like that. You, it don't was, you, you want to be emotionally invested in somewhere? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing as a movie. You need to like, you know, check your brain at the door a little bit. You know, don't tell me all this stuff about how Superman and Lois Lane can can never get busy because like she would immediately die. Right, you know, she would. But anyway, yeah, no, I understand what you mean. (laughs) But like he said, it's not like uh, at your office all day you're on and scrutinizing and being hundred percent super objective and on point with everything, right? You're you're kind of just doing the the minimum or whatever to get through your day. Yeah, don't come and get all all this discriminating and all science build nigh the science guy on me when you're (laughs) watching two guys in tights fucking hammering each other in the face like. Shut, you know, like you clearly use you're not you don't know you're what's not going doing on this here. right. <laughs> yeah, just like you said, why are you even here? If you're not here to enjoy the show, why are you even here? To ruin everyone's good time. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but it's a confusing situation. I don't know. Uh, to uh, me, uh, but like, I was uh, like you, like when Hogan lost, I was like, yeah. what? But then, uh, uh, I we we really slowly went through the like full disbelief or full fantasy to like full reality, right? Like I said, every kid with Santa Claus, same idea. You know? yeah. yeah. Except you don't get to like meet Santa Claus and hear him tell you about his like crack, crack smoking <laughs> stories. <laughs> Although that would be awesome. I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. There was well, this one time I was stuck in the chimney, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about those '67 models. <laughs> Sorry, what you were saying? Uh, I think it was you who was saying that that uh, it was comic books brought to life, like the good and evil. Yeah. That's, that seems to make sense to me. I don't know. It very much I was, was. never into it, so I was always like, oh, is it just like, this like ballet for guys? Or is this like a soap opera for dudes? 
or you know there's like the there's the violence there's the acrobatics choreography the, the, there's the, there the is a surprising athletics. maybe to you amount of uh, female fans as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well it, I don't remember the, at the time maybe maybe it's different now I, I don't know in the 80s and 90s were there oh, I, didn't, I didn't know oh, any, yeah. oh yeah there were some the hairdos as far I, I, as the I, I, I can see <laughs> well, I definitely groupies, think the, the, uh, the, the, the ratio has, has gotten uh, more even over the past oh yeah uh, oh, past for a few years well women have sure. also been more highly, highly profiled as well right like taken seriously in certain cases yeah it was actually Women wrestlers, as opposed so. to having pillow fights, and yeah, but back in the eighties when you used to watch it, there was maybe a women's match here and there, maybe yeah. you know. Now it's on every show, pretty much. Well, yeah. I remember Wally's where you would be doing your wrestling shows. Like I, I think on Sunday nights was like Jello wrestling. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that that kind With of people shit. who don't look like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not something you want to see, unless it's done right. Mm. Same for wrestling, I would say. It's hard to watch terrible wrestling. Yeah, and you have to look the part, I guess. Or? Yeah. Well, incidentally, that's how I even got into the indie shows, is that my girlfriend's a costume maker, and we would go to these shows in the church basements, and we'd see a whole bunch of people, like you said, that I'd watch enough wrestling to know they had no business being in there, and a few people who clearly had the potential or had the, the showmanship but looked like shit. Uh, um, they didn't have the gear. They didn't look pro, and I was like, this guy or this girl, they could get something going if they... And we started talking about it, and slowly we just started um, pumping out costumes, and we met a bunch of guys that went on to be pretty, pretty, pretty cool in, uh, in the indies uh, uh, later, uh, who I still run into today. You know, like uh, Samson and uh, Luch and all these other other guys that ended up in the NCW, um, and uh, we we had a part in kind of upgrading a lot of people's gear, right? Mm. And that was weird because we'd get guys come in literally with like I wrestle in combat shorts and my sister's t-shirts or whatever, <laughs> right? Because she lets me tear them up. <laughs> and then we'd have a big talk. We'd sit down and we'd go crazy and then we'd send them out there looking, you know, with a concept. At least looking like he's not just somebody from the crowd. Yeah. Uh, and that was... And Lisa's legit too. Like yeah. Some, she, I saw some of her work and it's just, it's incredible. She knew nothing and still knows nothing about wrestling. Hmm. But and that's what I think made her gear so good, because she, she just was doing Cirque du Soleil stuff too. Yeah, before, right. Yeah, so yeah. she had she had these techniques and masks and stuff. She knew how to, but she didn't have the wrestling knowledge, so she'd approach these things as if they were going to be just stage costumes, right? Right. They need to be durable. But we started discussing that. We started talking about okay, it's got to look boss, but remember, this guy lands on his face like for a living. It can't just be pretty and tear hmm. off his face and. Uh, no sequence yeah. right <laughs> yeah, she, she she did a couple things for me I think so she yeah. did a couple of things I, for you Steen uh, I, I thought uh, maybe a mask at least a mask but also my this character I had for a little bit uh, without a mask she made my shorts oh uh, yeah that's right did it have like a like an Irish thing to yeah, it it's an, it was an Irish thing to it yeah, yeah. With, with my name Fitzmorris my real name oh yeah that was her yeah yeah I lost track after a while man but we had some crazy contracts too. We had, I remember this one time there was some sort of big show in India, and that company had hired a couple of guys from Montreal. There was Luch. There was some guy I had never seen before that was a monster, like like a legit six seven six eight guy, and they'd hired him to essentially play a imitation cane. Yeah. Right. Like a literally like a off-brand <laughs> you know like uh, president's uh, choice yeah <laughs> big value <red> brand machine. <laughs> yeah. 
And when I showed Lisa the the actual king costume, she's like, "Oh my god, let's do this. Let's fucking see how close we can get to it." And it looked it looked fucking phenomenal. Uh, and they, I, mean, I don't know if you remember this, but they they booked Luch as uh, as they wanted to create like a masked wrestler, like a Captain India. And so he had like the tights that were based on the Indian flag and the mask and everything. And he uh-huh. was going ready to go over there and do this massive show. And he's just sitting in my living room in his underwear talking to his like people. And and he's talking about how much he's getting uh, uh, tanned so he can look like he's actually Indian. And he's almost there, he says. He's like, just a couple of more. And I'm going to get that right, that color. And I'm like, bro. And I just opened my shirt. And I'm like... <laughs> Here's the thing about brown guys. <laughs> nipples are not pink, bro. <laughs> and I just showed him my nipple and I'm like, they're gonna know you're a white guy a mile away. <laughs> you could you could you could bronze, you could spray tan, they're gonna see those pink little fuckers. You need like nipple tattoos. <laughs> you, need to, <laughs> you need to do something about your nips. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I think that show ended up being cancelled too. Everyone got paid. Because of the nipples? Probably. <laughs> nipple gate. Another nipple gate. Nipple gate. <laughs> another nipple gate. Uh, but All that tanning for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Just that taste of just being behind the scenes a little bit. I, I like I never wanted to wrestle. I always loved the managers. That was always my obsession. I loved the managers, guys. Uh, it seemed like it was just like a really... It's it's a tribe. It's it's a tribe. It was a tribal thing anyways. When I the Tribe and the wrestlers, the fans. Like this is pre-social media, right? Hmm. The network of the fans was ridiculous like they would just keep it going you know and yeah I, I didn't understand anymore how things were done without social media but they were like message yeah. boards answering machines mm-hmm. I don't know the fuck are these yeah. guys Car- carrier pigeons and like sending Fla- each other flyers were a lot stuff. more important I, 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 I like still pass out flyers but it's not uh, most people are annoyed with it I think more or they just thought oh oh yeah one of these but yeah. I'm sure they're unless it's a sticker stickers know. are cool so there's one thing that I, I wanted to ask you about, and y- you can refuse to talk about it if you want to, but I'm curious. I just remembered one of the biggest controversies that came out of IWS, uh, the Kurt Lauderdale story, uh, okay. the career killer. Yeah. Were you were you around? I, I, I don't think that's fair to say that it came out of IWS. Well, but, I mean, uh, it happened. Th- th- at the there IWS. was someone who was involved with IWS uh-huh. uh, who ended up uh, doing something really bad on his um, when he wasn't, you know, in the ring or yeah with you're us right or whatever. Uh, the way I framed that was maybe ba- basically fair. we uh, I remember I remember when it when it happened um, we, we me and this guy had a match in, in Philadelphia at the old ECW arena and it being a pretty good match uh, but whatever but uh, um, when I when I dropped him off on the way home he said something to the effect of uh, I'm gonna do all the drugs I can tonight and then um Whatever, I dropped him off. I'm like, okay, you're crazy, I guess. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> he was a very young guy, he, right? And he's, he's huge guy, young guy. But you like know. a legit oh, yeah. monster. Yeah, always nice, but something, I don't know, off-putting about him, always. Did you always feel that he was, was I mean, not, I wouldn't nothing near what ended up happening, but, you know, everyone has their own idiosyncrasies, I guess. Right, right. I, I won't comment on that. But uh, a few days later, it started coming out that something weird happened. Uh, some some girl that I, I didn't know but from her his hometown with, disappeared or whatever uh my my friend uh, the arsenal who's used to be a wrestler as well he he got questioned by the police and stuff because he 
was somehow knew these people or whatever. Anyways, uh, and I, I even saw him. We even wrestled the next weekend in Montreal. So he'd already done this crime, and we wrestled. But this time, he, his gear was all different. It was all like new and I would how could I say friendly her okay uh, and what he, what he ended up doing uh, it turns out is that he uh, ended up killing this girl and then burying her body right right so uh, his parents uh, helped him cover it up it's yeah. a huge story his parents and so the, the, the parents went to da- well, the, the mother went to jail and the dad died in jail the mother something. went to jail yeah because oh. she, she like helped him cover it up or something you know shit he and basically it, snapped. Yeah, he did. But the reason it was really weird is because from the fans' perspective, this guy, first of all, he looked very strange because he was massive, legit six-something, six-six. Uh, yeah, he was tall and huge, too. He had Fucking one of the biggest heads ever I've ever seen in my life. But he looked like, like a toddler, right? Like, he looked, you could tell he was very young, and I, he'd get those, I, like, uh, red cheeks. Yeah, I, I, I always say he, he, his best gimmick would have been Baby Huey. Sort of, sort, of, <laughs> sort of gimmick, dude. Put put like a huge diaper on him. It would have been amazing. <laughs> it would have been killer. It would have been amazing. Uh, <laughs> In another way. But you know, at first, he, he his gimmick was the career killer. That, that was his gimmick. Right? Career killer, and 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 when, yeah. when when I wrestled in Philadelphia, he came out with like a a balaclava, like a ski mask, uh, this these black uh, you know this black robe, and it was like a, or a jumpsuit, and it was like from the deep dark woods, you know, the career killer. And then the next week after he did it, and kind of on the run, I guess he's he was like uh, he came out as Kurt Lauder, all in like bright orange and black no mask no nothing like, like, like that. almost like crush in the yeah, 90s exactly like, almost like crush in the 80s with the, exactly. with the hot pink or so he was all friendly and, and that's when I knew Something for real like. that he did it for some reason because before it's like you hear this but if it's someone you know you, you don't say you don't believe it right away you know it's like it, it's so incomprehensible it's like that, a movie that, thing that it's he like would do this I, I, yeah. I, w- I would expect anybody that knows me if somehow a crazy accusation like that came out about me they wouldn't say oh yeah of course he did it for sure I'd hope that people would withhold judgment for at least a time being and that's what I did uh, we even uh, when people asked us about it and I, I, I told Manny to make the decision to support him at first say uh, you know we don't know we'll wait till all the facts are out we don't I remember that because we, we, we legit don't know like and he's our buddy so how could we say anything be, besides that but then yeah. you know benefit of the doubt yeah you got to give your buddy the benefit of doubt obviously it tended being wrong at that point but i still don't regret that because again i, I would i would assume i would hope that everyone who's should do that for each other it would be right? equally wrong for you to immediately jump on yeah and say like yeah you always yeah. knew that guy was a anyways so he, he was he was fucked obviously it was a really fucked up i the last time i saw kurt lauderdale uh wrestle the, first of all i hung around the message boards a little bit and whenever he would comment even prior to this incident he would always quote like super hardcore uh, like gore metal lyrics that were about like sawing virgins in half and eating baby fetuses whatever but i always assumed that it was kind of his gimmick like he was working his gimmick as this Hmm. deranged monster right um now i wonder and then the last time i saw him perform and you probably remember this there was some angle where there was a wrestler sitting in the in the in the crowd 
I think his name he had some name like Irish Mike something. Irish Mike Luger. Is that what was that what his name was? Yeah. Well, it, he he it was it was my friend Steve Deshaw, Peter LaSalle, who actually just gave him that name at one point on like a DVD because we you, you can get a, a lot of these older matches on DVD, and he just as a commentator he just said, said, saw him and said that Irish Mike. Yeah. Irish Mike Luger gave him the name and then it stuck. And so it was one of those <laughs> storylines. Like Phantom. He's got yeah. some sticky so. nicknames, man. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it was one of those storylines where like a wrestler will hide in the crowd, yeah, yeah. and then a wrestler will come and pick a fight with a, what looks like a fan, and the fan will actually climb the barrier, and oh my god, this is really happening. So Kurt comes out, and he's yelling, whatever, and he picks a fight, and this guy is like, oh yeah, and he climbs in the ring, and Kurt drops him with like some sort of... Like, like his signature slam move or whatever. Big slam. And like the second the guy hits the mat, I don't think anyone, very few people realize, but the guy went into a full epileptic He's seizure. Out. Oh. He out. And I've I've known I've seizure. I've, I've known so many epileptics in my uh, in my life that yeah. I know a seizure immediately. Like his eyes just like rolled back his head. He's like drooling and he's like, and. Right. Kurt didn't realize what was going on, and he's still like stomping. <laughs> he's still like stomping him, and he's you know he's in his gimmick. He's doing his thing. So that was kind of like the last image of him for me burning my mind. And then uh, a few uh, weeks or whatever later, this yeah. horrific Kurt's, uh, Kurt's last move in professional wrestling. I I gave him a a DDT off the apron through a through a table, and then he's been in jail ever since. Jeez. Uh. Did we ever find out like why he would do something like that? He was a nutcase. What I read was he, he, is he was he even tried to get get away with it forever. Like they they tried to you know manipulate justice and stuff. That's why his mom ended up just going. And uh, he, he he wrote to me a couple times and uh, he, from jail. Yeah, and he wouldn't uh, ad- admit it. You know, in a way, He's still in denial, but like sort of in denial. And that's when I said I, I can't can't talk with you anymore. You know, and at least he, he had come clean and yeah. said fuck it. I did so it. So that was. Yeah. I think what I'd read is that he'd been in love with this girl or he yeah. thought that this was going somewhere and then he kind of made a move and it was like a green mile situation where the girl kind of lost it and it got out of hand and he like either hit her over the head or just somehow overpowered her and accidentally killed her. Yeah. Okay. And then he went to his parents and I think his parents did what probably a lot of parents would at least consider doing. Yeah, is to you know help cover it up, cover it up, up and yeah. save their kid. But like, uh, the, the, there was a French a t- there was a French TV show that had a reenactment. There was a whole episode, really? and I, and you were talking about how how unique looking this guy is. The guy they had to play him looked just like him. Like nailed it. Really? They the nailed it. I was like, where did they find this guy? <laughs> did you don't know who it, it was? was? Sick. No, like I couldn't believe he looked the same. That's like, so disturbing. <laughs> they, Fuck. They You're cannot, trying to hire him. He's no, probably a killer. Show? There <laughs> cannot be two of these guys <laughs> out there. Be. It's like saying, yeah, they found another guy that looks exactly like Andre the Giant, right? Yeah, like, there's just way. no one else that <laughs> was ever born with those proportions. Also, giant head. Yeah. Yeah. So, where can we find uh, your like your where if we want to check out your stuff, your matches? Uh, what's you, the best? you can always look on YouTube. Although sometimes I don't know why fans put certain things up, but always like you can go on uh, you know different uh, websites and find like DVDs of like IWS or Battle War that I, I might appear on. Okay. Green Phantom, yeah, uh, the, the, Bennett the, Assault, yeah, yeah, anything Assault. Pretty much, just yeah. put Green Phantom and wrestling and all, all that stuff will show up. <laughs> we'll post and, some of that. And uh, if you look at IWS Wrestling, that's probably the uh, best company I wrestled for now in Montreal. Actually, it is for, for sure. Uh, in Toronto, Death Proof Wrestling. You can always look at Green Phantom on Facebook. Uh, 
I'm always looking for more followers, you know. And like I said, uh, yeah, the International Wrestling Syndicate is probably the, the best one around here. If you're listening to this by July 9th, come on down. Check it out. Yeah.